Welcome to Sparky on Ice, the coldest podcast on the internet. Today is June 28th, and I've been on ice for 164 days. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you had an interesting two weeks, because I know I did. Um, it started with some contour weather and some really, really cold tip temperatures. We had a couple of days where the wind was, wind chills was past negative 60. Uh, that AC gear, ECW gear came in really handy that um, I talked about last week. You know, it's really nice having... Um, the the goggles because that really really protects your eyes when you know the wind is that cold because you will freeze your eyelashes and your eyeballs it's not fun so yeah and just just being outside in that cold is just absolutely draining you can you can put on all the gear you want but something's gonna be cold you know it doesn't completely cover your face so you there's always that one spot especially for me it's that one spot right by my cheek that the, the goggles and the balaclava just don't quite cover. And that gets really cold. And we walk a lot here. And it's kind of hard to breathe when your mouth's covered with the, with the balaclava and your neck gaiter. So yeah, it gets gets rough walking around. But if you don't have it, the wind will literally steal your breath away. It's really hard to breathe in, in you know, a, a 60 mile an hour wind. I don't know if you've ever tried it. Or just stick your head out the window and try and breathe going down the freeway. Yeah, that's kind of what it feels like. And at those temperatures, even the inside feels colder. Um, I had to put some toe warmers in when I was in the shop the other day. It just, I could not get warm no matter what I did. Those toe warmers really work, by the way. If you're ever cold, just put them in. They're, they're really, really nice to have. Speaking of the toe warmers, I was glad I had them on the other night because I got called out to a frozen, help the plumbers with a frozen water pipe. They've been working on this thing all, actually, they've been working on this thing for about a week, trying to get it unthawed, or unfrozen, and they just weren't having any luck, and uh, finally, they, we decided to check the heat trace, and you know, it was uh, no good, so, but I think I need to explain what heat trace is. Uh, simply put, it is two parallel wires run together with a resistive element attached between them. They run along pipes to heat them up and um, keep things from freezing. They also, it works as a de-icer on your roof. It's a great thing to, if you live in a very cold environment, they like to put them on roofs in a triangle pattern so that uh, you don't get these huge icicles that hang down and kill people. Yeah, they do that a lot at like ski resorts and stuff like that. And then, so, yeah, these are just, and, you know, we put them on the pipes, we tape them down, and they're running on either 120 or 277 volt. And now we have several different types here on station. We have... 5 watts per foot, 8 watts per foot, and we have some 20 watts per foot. If you want to boil water, put some 20 watt per foot on a pot and watch it boil. That's going to get hot. But most of our stuff here runs at 8 watts per foot. We only use a 20 watt for like the extremely uh, cold stuff. Like um, like our seawater intake, is, a, I think, is a 20 watt system. But we also don't want that to freeze up ever. So very important we keep that hot. Anyway, the old wires had failed, and they had pulled them out of the pipe. We're trying to put another one back in and having zero luck with it. So after two hours of fighting, 
that we called the pipe underneath a complete loss and just wrapped up what we could get to. Um, they'll probably have to replace that whole section. But it was kind of rough because we were in contour condition the whole time. Um, you know, there, it was a snowstorm, really. It was snowing on us and wind blowing. It was just, it was miserable trying to get that done. You know, I'm down in a hole underneath a, a deck and almost under the building. No room to move, no room to work. Just, just trying to get stuff done around here. Well, the snowstorm couldn't have come along at a worse possible time. We had a, a plane scheduled for Wednesday. And thanks to the storm, no plane. Um, it's delayed till at least Saturday, but most likely it'll be Monday or Tuesday before it gets here. That means no mail, no freshies, and people are stuck either here or in Christchurch. Um, just like the plane back in April, it's our only plane. The only thing is this weather, not mechanical issues this time. Yeah, and this has been a major topic of discussion here lately. Um, it's probably the most talked about thing in the galley is, you know, when is the plane coming? Wish it would get here. It's poor people who have to be stuck here or there. And it just, it's, it's frustrating, you know, because you know, we, we depend on that plane to bring us stuff and to get people out of here. And it just, it's just horrible that they can't fly. Uh, we thought they'd be able to get the skiway cleared today, but right on cue, the wind started back and it's blowing snow and we're back in con two again. So it's going to be a while and hopefully we don't miss our window. Last year they missed the plane window and they didn't get another one until July. So people were stuck here an extra three weeks kind of sucked. In other news, I intended my first karaoke uh, in the last two weeks. I really enjoyed it. I had a good time watching other people sing. Uh, the guys are trying to get me up there to sing. I don't know if that's going to be a good idea or not, but I'll let you know how it goes. Maybe if one of them makes a video, I'll post it. I don't know what I'm going to sing because um, I don't really sing well, but, you know, I might try it out. One of the things I really wanted to talk about is the community here. And um, we're not really just a community. We're kind of like family, and we act like family. Uh, case in point, one of our um, one of our crew members here had a, a death in the family last week, and that hits the station pretty hard. Um, he's, he's going home waiting for the plane is another problem so he's stuck here with um you know a death in the family and he can't get off the the continent and we we feel so horrible for him because we know he wants off and you know just just imagine uh what it must be like i, I can't actually imagine what it must be like to go through you know a, a close death in the family and not be able to be with the rest of your family because a lot of times you need that comfort to uh get you through and he's He's here. He's stuck here. He's not going anywhere till the plane gets here. It really sucks because I, I generally like this guy. He's a really nice guy, and I really wish him the best. And another way we're like family is um, we like to do get-togethers. And one of the get-togethers, and one of the biggest get-togethers of the year, was the midwinter dinner, which we just had on the winter solstice, and that was fun. It. Um, I was part of the setup team. We had to move all these tables and put up lights and uh, put up window decorations and all this other fun stuff that, you know, you get to do. It's kind of like, it's, it's like setting up for a big party and you're the only people that can do it. So I spent a couple hours doing that, moving stuff around in the galley. And then uh, at, at five o'clock, they started uh, pre-dinner cocktails and, you know, it was a, a free bar. The way it works is people donate 
either booze or money to buy booze. And then the bar is free for the night, which is really, really cool because the rest of the time you have to pay for your alcohol. I don't drink much, so I don't really have to deal with that. I did have one cider for midwinter dinner. Just a celebration type thing. It was really, really fun. Dinner was amazing. They had uh, a duck with a blueberry sauce. Really, really good. They had, um, uh, I want to say some, I think, prime rib. It was really good. And more desserts than I've ever seen in my life. From all over the different, there were desserts from different countries representing the different stations here in Antarctica. So we had stuff from like Japan and Norway and Russia and Canada and uh, Australia and New Zealand. Just a, a bunch of different desserts and they were all really good. I ate far too many of them and regretted it much later. Another thing is the photo shoot, which um, one of our our guys down here is a professional photographer and he sets up a photo i guess a photo gallery or i don't know what it's called a studio like you go get your picture taken at and it's got the the um discovery hut in the background and they bring in a sled and a bunch of boxes and stuff that you know the old stuff and pickaxes and stuff and you get to pose with those props to get your picture taken it's kind of cool i got one with my friend andy and uh, I'll, I, I'll see about posting that on one of the pages, Twitter or Facebook later. And then, you know, this all in all was just a social gathering, like a family reunion. Everybody got together. Everybody had fun. They talked. Had a pretty good time. And then uh, by nine, by eight, it was pretty much over. And since it was Saturday, I just went and played music in the uh, radio room because that's what I do every Saturday. And, I, you know, I actually enjoyed it. Um I didn't do a lot of mingling because I'm not a mingler, but I talked to people that I don't normally talk to, and that was really, really fun. Okay, so I'm not going to do history this week because I didn't have time. Well, not it's not about time. we got tons of time here. I didn't feel like doing history, I, I guess. I'm in the middle of winter here, and it's kind of, I don't know, blah. It's, it's hard to explain. Uh, you, you just sometimes don't feel like doing things. And, you know, this is one of those weeks. I just don't feel like researching the history and bringing it up. So next time I will do a little extra history. How's that? Okay. I do have questions, though. So Bill had a question, and it's regarding uh, temperature extremes. He says, when the mercury is dropping below minus 20, what is your work day like? I mean, are all the critical maintenance jobs done before winter sets in? And then it's just work emergencies. And if so, do you have two man rules or the like or limited time outside type protocols? It's a good question. I kind of answered him on Facebook, but I wanted to uh, answer in a little more detail here. So in general, we don't have any two man protocols unless we're going off site. And then certain rules apply there too. Not everybody has to have two person with them. Um, Generally, you are on your own a lot. Out here, even when it's that cold, um, you, you would like to have somebody with you, but you don't always get that um, luxury. Now, on the critical maintenance, we try to have them done before uh, winter sets in. But it doesn't always happen. Sometimes the summer crew doesn't get to them. Sometimes the summer crew doesn't try too hard. Eh, it happens out here. Um, we do have some preventive maintenance that we do. We try not to do any outside at all during the winter. Most of our stuff is inside, and we work emergencies when we have to. When it, so there's 
when it drops below negative 20, there is a definite change in the cold. And I think it happens roughly every 20 degrees anyway. Our body um, feels it more after that point. Um, just, just my experience, every 20 degrees we drop, our body notices. Somewhere in between, you don't notice so much. But, you know, you can, you can definitely tell differences. And in a negative 20, things start to freeze that don't normally freeze. Uh, cheeks, uh, eyelashes, uh, nose hairs, uh, fingertips for sure, even in gloves, toes, um, even the back of your feet will start getting cold at that point, which is why we have the toe warmers and I wear really good boots and socks. Um, your your legs, you know, like your inner thighs. It's a weird place to get cold, but you get cold there. When the wind blows over it, that's not a place that's generally used to having cold temperatures near it, but if you're not well-dressed, it will be. Um, your head, obviously. And, and when you compound that negative 20 with some wind, it just, it gets brutal. And frost nip is inevitable. It's going to happen. Everybody gets it. Um, as far as limited time outside, like I said, you're kind of on your own. When you get cold, you go in. That's just the rules. You know, there's no set time frame because everybody feels the cold differently here. I mean, I can stay out uh, much longer than some other folks simply because I'm more well insulated or maybe because, you know, my blood flow is different than theirs. I don't know, but I've, I've found I'm able to withstand the cold a little longer. It's not much longer. And uh, I think that kind of answers your question. At least I hope it did. Okay. We also have Heather and her kids with a whole list of questions. So I'm going to answer a couple more, uh, a couple quick ones. Uh, question number one, how far away from the South Pole are you? I am a just under a thousand miles from the South Pole. It takes um, something like three weeks to drive there. Yeah, because you can only do like seven miles an hour. Question two, how big is your living space and do you have to share a room? So my my living space is in, in this current dorm is a, it's about a 10 by 15 room. Um, normally during the summer, yes, we would have to share a room with a roommate but in the winter they like to treat us nicely so we don't have to share rooms if i stay for the summer i'll have to share this room but we do get our own bathroom that we share with another room so there's a bathroom between two rooms it's not bad it's better than some of the other dorms where they have to share common bathrooms in the hallways and that's no fun at all and question three what medical services are there so we have a staffed medical center that is can treat most things. We have a, um, a doctor, we have a nurse practitioner, and we have a physical therapist in the winter. Uh, you know, they're pretty handy. They know what they're doing. Uh, they can treat. Uh, we, we have x-rays. We have um, just, you know, your general clinic type stuff here. And that's that's all we really need because if something major happens, they're going to medevac us anyway. During the summer, they have a couple doctors, a couple nurse practitioners, um, a couple nurses. Uh, the Air National Guard has their medical staff here, so they have a lot more. And they also have a dentist in the summer, which helps quite a bit. Apparently, I wasn't well. I was here right before the dentist left, so didn't get a chance to use him. Um, but yeah, we also have uh, a fire department with EMS on station, so we have that for emergencies. And they have a a thing here called the Mass Casualty Incident Team which I'm on, which is basically uh, a first responder team coupled with some triage 
And the, the part I'm on is called the auxiliary team, which is doctor calls us uh, mini doctors because he, he wants us to know how to treat patients and how to deal with wounds and um, be able to take vital signs and actually do doctor-like things because there's only one of him and there's one nurse practitioner. If something major happens and five, six people get hurt, well, you know, he can only do one person at a time and he's going to be working on the most critical so it's our job to help out where we can. And, you know, I'd had some training with EMS when I was younger, and I thought that would be a great place. And I've had a good time doing that. It's been fun. I've learned a lot. And uh, hopefully I'll, I'll do it again next year or this summer if I stay. And the last question that I'm going to do tonight is, do you get thunder snow? No, we do not. In order to have thunder snow, you have to have, there are certain conditions. And uh, heat is one of those. There has to be you know, a, a difference in uh, temperatures to create the, the necessary things for lightning in a, in a snowstorm. We don't have those because it's always cold here. It, it never gets warm enough to create that difference of potential in our atmosphere. I think that's how it works, but I do know we'd never get thunderstorm. I had a scientist actually tell me this, but I don't remember exactly his reason. So that's it. Um, all the questions I'm going to do tonight. I'll do some more next time. And if you want to ask me some questions, you can always do that on Twitter or Facebook at Sparky on Ice, or you can email me podcast at Sparky on Ice dot XYZ. And hopefully I'll see you guys again in two weeks.